Welcome to BS with Bethany Simcoe. This is your host, Bethany Simcoe. I'm on with an incredibly exciting guest today. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Emily. And am I your first guest? You are my third guest, technically, but I can give you like a full rundown into Emily. She is the most incredible here. I'll give my rundown, I'll give my rendition of who in the world Emily is because she is an icon of the times. And then Emily can pretend to be humble, but she's actually insane. No, she is very humble, but she is the most insane businesswoman, has the most wonderful marketing mind. Um, Emily used to be Emily Loader Up, right? Yep. So a lot of you might know her as that, but she's Emily Fuller now. And she has an incredible husband and a beautiful baby girl. And I have watched her since we were both like 15. She's a few months younger than me, which is crazy because she's such an inspiration to me. But she has, I watched her build businesses. She built a scrunchie business, which I talked about in one of my podcast episodes. I just watched her be so incredible marketing. She's great at getting a community to see the vision, to understand. And she has just the most incredible high quality graphics and such an eye for things. And so over the years, she's been a photographer as well. She's had her own podcast. She is now focusing on social media from what I've seen. And we, and she's killing it. She's so, so fun to watch, so engaging. And everything she does, she pours her whole heart and soul into in such an authentic way. And I cannot wait for you guys to learn from her because she is 20, right? Are you 21 now? 21. Oh my gosh, that's so incredible that you are doing all of this from such a young age and you are so successful. You carry yourself so well. And I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you, Bethany. I'm so excited about this. It's about time. I'm glad we're doing this. Me too. It really is about time. We are talking before you, like, before we engaged everybody else in our little conversation about how we really have touched on each other's lives, like, so briefly, but we're always just watching each other grow. Honestly, it's like 100% for a reason. I mean, like the universe has its way of doing things. And I'm glad that you've been like, just like a part of my life for the last several years, even though it's been like subtle and, you know, like little text messages here and there. Like, let's keep it that way. I like Bethany in my life. Everyone needs Bethany in their life. You were the sweetest. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I feel the same about you because your energy is so uplifting. And every time we connect, I feel like we are always cheering each other on. Like there's, there's always been this air of just like, we both know that we've got that thing, you know, like wherever we go, we know that we are going to do our best to succeed in it. And our, you know, we're going to pour our whole heart and soul into it. I think we recognize that in each other really quickly. So it's been so fun to just learn from you. Thank you. That was quite the introduction. My head's getting big. I'm like, dang, she's still going. <laughs> like, who is this Emily girl? I want to meet her. What are we doing? <laughs> Seriously. Well, I want to hear from your perspective. What has your journey been like, you know, since before you met me? Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs have that spark in them from a very young age. Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So like you said, we were in touch when we were, what, like 14, 15. I started the scrunchie business just kind of like, so I, I got it like a really bad concussion at the end of middle school. And it just kind of took me out of school and out of leaving the house, honestly. And I was getting so stir crazy and antsy and I was really into makeup at the time and makeup's expensive. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be spending money, I need to be making money. And so I was like, I'll just see what I can do. Like buying things wholesale, branding them, having a 
you know, like a profit margin and selling them, see, see how much I can make from that. And that grew into the scrunchie business. And then, yeah, like you said, and I heard you mention this in the podcast too, you reaching out to me when you were starting the jewelry brand, like, where did you source these things? How did you get started with that? And so grew the scrunchie business. And then I got kind of like carried away in the excitement of the business aspect of it. It was no longer like, I want to buy makeup. It was more like, wait, this is addicting. Like, you're like, I'm actually a business owner. I'm obsessed with this. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I love this for me. It's so fun. And so then I was like, okay, wait, like the whole handmade, locally sourced, like all of that is really big right now. I want to see if I can switch to locally sourced stuff. Find like a mom in Austin that can help hand make these for me. And actually, Mo, your sister hooked me up with a girl that I ended up working with. And she did most of the sewing for me. And then I was like, okay, how hard can I go on my marketing and branding? And how much could I sell a scrunchie for to the point where people still feel like they're getting value? But that's also like, like I wanted to break through some of my own beliefs of you can only sell an accessory for this much. So I took these scrunchies that cost like a dollar or two to make and I was selling them for like 18 to $20 a piece. And it picked up and it made me realize like there's so much power in branding and creating an experience for your consumer. Like that's where the money is at, you know? And so when I got into that and I, kind of kept the scrunchie thing until I sold it like a few months into my marriage after I got married because I was just kind of over it and ready to move on to like working with people and stuff and I want to touch on something you just said really quickly I think the biggest thing that I have watched you and admire you for is your ability to brand things at such a high level you understand your worth and you are able to get your worth and push those boundaries as well that's something that you really taught me and I love to watch you do is to place your value where you deserve it and people flock to you no matter where you place that people flock to you and they want a piece of what you have and I think that is what people everywhere are trying to do so it's incredible that from such a young age like a 15 year old a 16 year old thinking of the word profit margin that's amazing first of all and the fact that you're able to like actually make that happen in your business is something that people spend their lives trying to do and it's a gift that you've absolutely been given and you're you're killing that I think people have so much to learn from you that's so sweet of you to say thank you and honestly like I've talked to lots of people that are wanting to get into entrepreneurship and they're like I have nothing to offer like I have nothing to sell and you can literally take a piece of trash in your house and take the right pictures and set up the right brand and like people will want that like it's about creating value from nothing you know and I I honestly believe that like we're all creators in a sense like it's just a part of I don't know like our human divinity and we're all capable of creating value from nothing and giving it to the world like it's so different for everybody but I don't know I was really tapping into that and getting in tune with like that side of me and and yeah so after that I got more into I was like if I did this at a young age and if I'm able to and then I also grew to so hi listeners I also started a photography company after I got married and I went full-time in that in three months and this was during COVID and a bunch of other photographers in my area were like, COVID's wrecking my business. I need to go back to my job. Like I'm shutting down the shop for a little bit. And I was like, oh, wait, guys, if I did this in three months, I'm young. I know nothing. I'm new to this. Then you are more than qualified to be making so much more money and not going out of business right now. So that's when I started hosting like the business boot camp that you were a part of, you know, and like yes, online yeah. education and things like that. And I really loved just working with people and just being able to be a part of others' success stories, like even if it was behind the scenes, like I loved, I love teaching people and I'm watching them just run with it and do amazing things with it, you know? 
Yes, that is incredible. And I love that you have been able to cultivate your energy into a way that you can take your knowledge, like what you've learned and pass it on to other people. I think that's a skill in and of itself. I want to know your thoughts on that. How have you found the most success in gathering your thoughts? Is that in finding like a daily journal or is that in like a daily, like is there a daily practice of yours that you take and run with to be able to look back and say, okay, here's what I did A, B, and C. For people who are wanting to take what they've done and learn from it themselves and eventually teach other people. Is there anything you found the most success with in that? Honestly, if you're wanting to take what you know and teach it to other people for profit or just for experience, like the more I taught, the more I understood what I was teaching and how to teach in the first place. So I remember like the first time I coached somebody, it was completely for free. Actually, the first several times. And I was like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know I want to help people. Will you be my guinea pig, you know? And then like in business boot camp, I think I included one-on-one coaching as like a free add-on. That was also for me to get experience in while still delivering the value people paid for. And so just putting in the reps and like allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And I, I know a lot of people talk about being an expert, but like it's okay to not be an expert at first. Like it, let's, let's romanticize the reality of not being an expert in the beginning, but the beauty in taking rapid action despite that, you know? Mm, that was beautiful. I love that. And taking action despite of your fears. And I love that you started before you were ready. Like, I love that you took action before you felt like you knew the exact steps. And that was a question that I had for you as well. What is like, what do you feel like your typical action to premeditation ratio is? Because I know there's some people who are like, They'll think about it. They'll brand it. They'll do all the behind the scenes and then they will never take the action. And there's people who will just dive into it without any idea. What do you feel like your ratio is there? It just varies on like, what do I feel like my time is worth? And this might be a selfish aspect of it, but like if I have an idea and it's something that I want to see if I can profit from or if there's going to be anything coming from it, I'll do it right away. Most of the time I have a stronger desire to take action and come up with ideas. So something that's interesting is the first few businesses I had when I was younger, I would grow and brand and build a social following for it. And then once all those steps were done, I was out of ideas on how to grow the company and I was just over it. And I would just let the account die and I'd move on to another business. And so I wouldn't even say that I had the problem of like too many ideas. But what's fun is after getting married, Johnny has so many good ideas and has helped me take my things and not give up on them and continue to grow them, you know. And he's really good. Anyways, he's really good at coming up with that stuff. Um... I don't, I don't think you can take too much action because the more action you take, the more you learn and you're able to pivot faster rather than just sitting back and like scheming a million plans. Because if you spend time scheming a bunch of plans, you never know which ones are going to benefit you and which ones aren't. The only way you know that is by... I, I feel like you can't take too much action. Maybe that's too bold of a statement, but I don't know. That's, no, that's I, I absolutely agree. I am. I definitely, if anything, err on the side of like, I don't plan, I just do for the most part. And I think that Honestly, the most successful people will tell you that same thing is they just they just kind of do it. And I think it's incredible to have people around you. Like, I feel like Johnny might be that for you is that person who was able to be behind the scenes a little bit more mm-hmm. and plan those things out like while you're taking like vigorous action. But I do you feel like there has ever been a point in your life where you are just like going, going, going and you're not sure if like how does that ever happen? Like, does there catch up to you where you're like, oh, I feel like the branding wasn't there. What did it just happen? And I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to like 
show people that it really just like happens as you take the action. I think a lot of fear for people is that like, what if the behind the scenes isn't like good enough? And like people, I don't know, it just doesn't work out how I think it will. But I feel like you've probably experienced this too. It just does. It just meets you where you are. Yeah, fear of failure is such a big thing. And when I was coaching too, that was probably one of the most common things that like came up with business owners is the fear to take action because what if it doesn't turn out? But I think, I think an approach to take that's more beneficial is an entirely new way of thinking about it. Instead of success and failure or win-lose, it's more you do a thing, the results are irrelevant, but now you know what either to do more of or what to do less of, which is so valuable. Like if someone gave you a book like your book of life, of business, or whatever your goals are, and they were like, here's a list of a million things not to do, you would value that so much. So why don't you value your own failures that much, you know? I love that because I think people have so much more insight into their life than they realize, and they have much more wisdom than they realize. Have I you? Love that. Okay, remind, I don't remember what journal prompts I used in the business boot camp originally, but there was a journal prompt that I gave my coaching clients like crazy that I still use to this day and it's basically like you imagine yourself five years from now if everything went right for you and you pretend to be her and you have her write a letter to past you aka present you how about did I use that in the book no but I love that I we you had us do one where it was in five years like where do you see yourself like what's your day-to-day look like I love that one as well Okay, yeah. So this is kind of like a 2.0 version of that one. And honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for journal prompts to just give you breakthrough on breakthrough, totally recommend it. Um, Basically, the idea is, yeah, you go to that place mentally and you just kind of like become her, like you put on that character for a minute. And then you have her write a letter to present you and address all of the things that she's learned, learned about. And I actually, so I hosted a business retreat a while back and tons of business owners came and I had them all do this and it was so beautiful to see there was one girl that shared something with me and she was just crying and crying and one of the biggest things that was holding her back was she had a mom that was like addicted to drugs and lived close by and was like threatening to do terrible things to herself if she ever left her she was like you can't ever leave me you can't ever move um and she was in this terrible position and I obviously am not going to have the answers for that like being a coach I'm not this all-knowing god that just delegates information to everyone But what I do know is that she knows more than she thinks she did. So I had her do this journal prompt and she was able to reassure herself of like truths and consistencies in her life that, again, I wouldn't have known. That brought her so much peace and gave her so much confidence in moving forward. And that was just one example of something that came from this journal prompt. So many of them were similar and different, unique. And anyways, there's just a lot more wisdom that we have for ourselves sometimes we just need a prompt like that to get us out of our heads to start thinking about things a little bit differently you know definitely that's a fantastic prompt to be able to dig into your own self and not only build confidence in what you already know but just build confidence moving forward and realizing that you've actually got this like I had an experience just the other day where I was on a run and I just had like this feeling that like my older self was with me and like watching over me and that's the one thing I will say about this island and it's so incredibly healing I've had just the craziest connection with both my past and my future self but I just felt like this overwhelming calmness because I felt like the older version of me was watching me and being like I see you every single day getting up getting out there and like you're so stressed about things but I'm good like where you are like five ten years from now I am we're so peaceful we're so calm everything worked out and I feel like if people could 
see themselves in five, 10 years, they'd be not only like surprised, but they'd be like just so satisfied with how good it gets. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's a lot, like you said, it's very healing. That's a very accurate word. I would say whenever you're able to like think about your future self and how she feels about you, you know what I mean? Because it's almost like feeding into our inner child. Because in the present, we can get so caught up in our anxieties and our fears of like, well, what if this happens? What if I disappoint myself? And all of these things that really aren't going to matter in five years, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I have I have a question I want to ask that I don't want to forget. So I'm going to write it down really quick. But I had one that just came to mind. What do you feel like yourself in five years is telling you right now about your current situation or your current anxieties? Honestly, I feel like she would be really proud that I took the leap that I did. Me and Johnny both decided to do social media full time like two months ago. He has a marketing company and we're no longer actively finding clients. He's working on YouTube. I'm working on Instagram. And like I see a future for ourselves where we're able to I know it's kind of controversial, but like the idea of being able to monetize family home memories, I'm all about that. Like after I had Grace, it felt like my coaching chapter was coming to a close and now my fulfillment is in my daughter. And I was like, if building a kind of social media asset like Instagram page is valued so heavily by brands, like I would love to be able to work so much less, create so many more memories with her, but still be able to provide for everybody. And mm-hmm. I, I've thought this a lot growing up, but I've, as I've been on Instagram and everything, but finally deciding to take the plunge when it seems like the least convenient now that I have a family to care for. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm going to be really proud of myself looking back that I decided to take the risk. And even though it's brand new territory that I just did the thing, you know, like if that one step is changing the tra- trajectory for the rest of whatever our future looks like. I'm so excited about it. Absolutely. And you are already shining so well. You found such a fun niche right now. You're doing the, you know, hot girl glow up, which is so fun. And I love that you've been able to find something that your followers can feel like they're involved in. And I feel like you probably know that going into it, that getting people to feel like they're part of a community and actually genuinely being a part of that community. I feel like people can really tell when you are just doing something as a marketing tactic versus when you are genuinely open to community, genuinely inviting. And I feel like that really comes across for you. You're very inviting. And I love that. And you're so good at that too. I have admired what you've built on TikTok these last, what, two, three years. Like you've been going Mm -hmm. at it hard and you go through her comment section and I'm like, she doesn't just have an audience. Like she has these people that are just so in love with her that just see her completely through. And like you said, like you get on social media, sometimes you look at people's accounts and you're like, okay, like this is you, but this isn't you. Like, where are you at? There's something thick in between me and you right now. Versus yes. people when you watch their videos and you're like, they are so down to earth and authentic. Like it's so refreshing. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I honestly think the future of creators, like if you're listening to this and you want to build a social media presence, I think 2024 is going to be the year that the, the non-authenticity, the fakeness dies off and it's not going to work for people anymore. And I think some of the yes. biggest designers are going to be those that are just vulnerable saying it how it is because there's not enough of that online and I think people it's it's refreshing to see and to look at I absolutely agree and I have so many thoughts on this and I think that like we're gonna go down a rabbit hole really quick but on TikTok you know the new feature TikTok shop I think that that accelerated the influencer burnout tenfold because there's already been this influencer burnout we're sick of and 
listen, I've been there. I've done the TikTok shop thing. I was literally one of their app, like I was one of their top creators. And even I'm burnt out from it because I feel like a, a door-to-door phone salesman buy this product today for $10.99. I'm like, this is the most heinous thing. I can't, I don't want to do this anymore because why would I become a salesperson if I don't want to work in sales? Like I would just go get a sales job if I wanted to sell products. But like the influencers, like OG influencers, you saw them wearing a top and you wanted that top because it was them, you know, not because they convinced you on the price, not because they convinced you. It just was the essence of it. And I feel like both of us, I'm just going to go out and say, like, I feel like both of us have that where we are just being ourselves and we like what we like, regardless of if anybody wants it as well. Like, we'll hype up a product without strings attached, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, like, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to, like, record videos where you don't have to put up a front or anything. Like, there's definitely still that first hump you need to get over if you're new into social media or recording yourself or you need to get comfortable in front of the camera. But, like, once you do, you just put up, your camera you start recording and you just pretend like you're talking to your sister and it's so much easier and it's so much more fun yes like that private story vibe like the i don't know i love that that's definitely my favorite thing i feel like it's so much more refreshing to be able to just come on and connect and find a community yeah no definitely i remember looking at one of your tiktok videos i people have said this a lot in your comment section but i think someone said like it whenever i find your videos it feels like I'm talking to a friend on FaceTime and I was like that that is goals like every creator wishes their audience was saying that about them and you know what's funny is in my current style series the video that I posted that blew up and started this whole thing I was not planning on posting because like my hair was greasy and I was so over recording that day but I just felt like I should so I did recorded it and because I was so over everything, I think I lost that like subconscious Instagram voice and all of those little things. And I was like, screw it, recorded it, screw it. I posted it. And then because it performed so well, it almost like forced me into being the most authentic version of myself I never recorded. And it put me in a great situation. <laughs> but so what people have been saying, like, I feel like I'm like FaceTime with a friend and I'm like, I did it. Bethany, I reached my goals. <laughs> I'm almost as cool as you now. I'm obsessed with that because I remember you reaching out to me a while ago being like, hey, you know, Johnny, I'm thinking about taking social media full time. What would, you know, would you want to talk us through that? And I, my problem is that I don't have answers. I, I can't guide other people. And maybe this is a limiting belief of mine. And that's what I've really been digging into because I want to be able to share the knowledge that I have and how I've grown what I have grown. But the thing is, I've just been doing my thing. People go, how do you, what's your strategy? I, I just do my thing. I just get on. <laughs> and maybe that's the strategy I need to talk about through. But it truly is just I get on and I, I share what I am thinking directly in that moment. And I love that. And it really is interesting how sometimes you'll get thrown into these viral moments without even meaning to. That happened with me with the clock clips. I did not... I was not really thinking about posting that original video. It blew up and all of a sudden I'm the clock clip girl. And I think that that is the universe 100% guiding you on that path of least resistance to where you are supposed to be. So I'm so happy that you are on that journey right now. Yeah, it was, it was a good situation we got into. It worked out. Going into social media, was there anything, any strategy on your part, any hopes on your part, any, what it, like, what are your, what's your mindset? Because you're still in like the, 
beginning take of this and you are going to go so far. You're going to grow exponentially in the next year. I just know it. And I want to catch you on like the beginning of this wave. Like what are your, what's your current mindset around it? Oh man, the perspective makes me happy. I hope so. I hope it keeps going up. Um, Absolutely. Honestly, kind of like what you said, like there is strategy with social media. There's things that everyone knows, like have good lighting, be easy to watch and stuff. Someone was like, create content that's bingeable. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. But when it comes to actually creating, like I was putting a lot of effort into my videos beforehand and they were like, I think if I would have been consistent, it slowly would have grown, which is probably the average path that it takes. You know what I mean? It's just about sticking to it. But this video blowing up was very random. And I was like, okay, I either just keep coming up with new video, no, new video ideas and like trending audios in this where I take this momentum and I think like what do people want from this and I just run with it like what you did with the clock clips right it's like oh freak like this video is blowing up I got to give the people what they want this is my identity now this is who I am okay my personality is I don't know how to dress myself and now 10 million people know about it and it's okay but yeah like honestly from there I just decided to start doing my closet clean out try on hauls and everything but it worked out so perfectly because even Johnny he was like babe, I love you, but it looks like you still dress like you're in high school. Like, you got to do something about that. He grew up with six sisters. This man is cultured. Like, he chose our family photo outfits. He's so good at this kind of stuff. And so I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to not only create videos that people want to engage with, but also, like, they don't understand how much I value each comment and, like, how much I value each outfit suggestion. So it's such a win-win. Like, going through the comments is how I pick my outfits for the day now. And it's still going. And I still have so much to learn. But I think people like feeling like they're a part of something, like what you were saying. And also they like feeling like their opinion actually matters. And so you can post polls of like, are you eating eggs or pancakes this morning? People are like, she doesn't care what I eat for breakfast, you know? But versus like, should I wear this outfit or this outfit? Or how would you recommend I go about this? People are like, oh, I'm actually gonna have an impact on her day to day. Here's my input, you know? And I think that says a lot about you and your relationship with not only yourself but your followers as well because if you are so solid in yourself that you take that as real suggestion and like helpful suggestions rather than like because I think it can sometimes get difficult for you to be like well I think my style looks just fine thank you or you know like for someone to be like that was me I love you but those jeans are like (laughs) yeah so it says a lot about you and like how stable you are in yourself to be able to take these suggestions and run with it and stay solid in yourself. Thank you. But people are commenting, they're like, download the app Pinterest, girl. Like, go look at inspiration. And I'm like, look, I have it and everything's overwhelming and I don't know what I like. So I'm open to everything. I'm not insecure. I'm not looking for validation on the internet. Just tell me how to dress, please. Like, that's it. All that aside. She's like, literally send me a link and I'll get it. I don't care. <laughs> I spent so much money, Bethany. I was like, I'm not an influencer. Every single one of my followers is an influencer. I've been influenced and now my bank account is empty. Like I have bought so much crap over the series and now people are sending me stuff for free and I'm so happy about that. But that's so exciting. That's really how it was though. I'd be like, I need, I need leggings. I need cargo pants. And people would send me something on Amazon and I was like, okay, done now. What? <laughs> okay. What's next? Literally what's next? No, I love that. And that's so exciting. Cause not only do you get to like glow up you get a career out of it which is amazing I know yeah it's been an incredible opportunity I want to know if there's any limiting beliefs that you have run into while you've been starting this journey yeah I think so something that's been interesting is before this blew up I had like 25k on Instagram 
and I was getting into brand deals and I was working with like mommy and family businesses and I was figuring out my rate and there was a lot of momentum and then this blew up and now these brands are like oh she blew up overnight we're gonna offer like we're gonna gift her chapstick and ask her to make three reels about it oh and I was like okay like I I get what it looks like from their perspective, but also like I was in a position before where I was charging thousands of dollars for this, but also, I mean, if they're offering me clothes and stuff, I definitely want that to be a part of this video series. And so it's had me questioning what my content is worth because I had it down before. And now a lot of the people that are reaching out to me have lower budgets. And right now what I'm trying to do, I'm like, I, I want to figure out how to still monetize this and provide for my family and make a career out of this, like what you were saying. But now I'm shifting to more like, well, maybe if it is clothing, maybe I want to focus more on commission or like Amazon links or a different way of monetizing this because it's not like every single, like Pampers has a lot more money than like a boutique in the town. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know how I would put that limiting belief towards, but I'm working on still valuing myself how I did before, if not more, because my accounts, you know, over doubled, but I don't know, just sorting out, like, I can still make a career out of this. It's possible. Other people are doing it. Bethany's doing it. I can do it. You can do it too. No, I, that's a really good point is like, how much do you take on for free? How much is opportunity and exposure? Like how much does it pay off here? Or do I put my foot down and value myself and say, no, I'm not posting your stuff for free or for this small amount. Like I want what I'm worth. I think that is a valid struggle of knowing what's like a long-term, like what's worthy, like what's worth to invest in for a long-term payoff rather than like, do I ask what I'm worth right now and like lose that opportunity? Is that kind of where you're coming at with that? No, definitely. And it's, it's hard too. Cause like people will reach out to me and they're like, Hey, we want to give you like some scalp treatment, for example. And they're like, they're framing it in a way where it's like, because we really like you, we'll give you this opportunity for free. And it's like, well, thank you, but you're a 50-minute drive away. I have a baby that someone needs to watch. Like, there's a lot of things I would need to move in order to make this happen. Plus, creating content for you, like, does my audience even want to see this? Is it even worth it for me to come out here? You know what I mean? And so figuring out a way to, like, still reciprocate the kindness, but still value myself, you know? And it's still marketing what you're doing for them. So what is your strategy when you are met with limiting beliefs or any insecurities or any fears around like social media or new businesses or anything that you're diving into do you have like a favorite mindset that you like to fall back on do you have a favorite like tip do you have a favorite like breathing exercise what is it for you that kind of gets you back into your center honestly something that I've done for like the last six years five years seven years around that that I think I'm going to do for the rest of my life is whenever I'm at a really high point in my life and I'm killing it and everything's going right for me, I'll journal all about it and I'll write a letter to me in the future that's not there. And I'm like, look, I know it might suck, but like moments like this are so possible because I'm in it right now and I remember it right now. And so I'll go back to my journal and read those and it doesn't get more personal than a letter to yourself. You know what I mean? And so I think that's something that has definitely helped me and just seeing evidence in my life that I've figured it out before I can figure it out again because it's easy to get in your head and then all of reality feels like you're doomed and yeah. No, that's amazing. I think there is something so tender about younger you cheering you on 
because it's so easy to look back and be like, what did I have then that I don't have now? Why wasn't succeeding then? Like what happened? And it's so encouraging to see younger you being like, you can do it. You're the one who I pass the baton to. You're building our future. Like we've got this still. We're, I, I absolutely adore that. I think that is so wholesome and so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, journaling has definitely been a big part of like every aspect of life and business. And do you talk about journaling a lot on your podcast? I, I touch on it every once in a while, but I love how much you journal. What kind of drove you to get into this? And where do you find your inspiration for your, what is the word, um, prompts and for things that you journal about? To answer the first part of your question, I first got into journaling when I was like 12 years old. And I heard someone at church basically say, like, the more you write down and recognize the good things that are happening, they're going to be happening tenfold to you. And looking back, I was like, wow, that sounds like a magical thing I want to try. But I realized you're just programming your mind to look for the good. And so I started my journal just journaling the good things that were happening and like gratitude journaling and little like things here and there that I was noticing that were making life more positive and fun. And it's true. Like the more I did that, I was didn't even realize it when I started, but I was training a muscle of like an optimistic view of the world and a hopeful view of the world to the point where now like like my husband the other day, he told me he was like, I'm so grateful that you practice being happy and feeling joy at such a young age because it's so much easier for me to bounce back from anything now or remain optimistic like it really is like a muscle just like anything else um and so that's what got me into it and it's so worth it um putting in the reps is so worth it and as far as the drill prompts go honestly like I feel like I just accumulated them from coaching for so long and getting coached for so long like that was such a big part of my life for a while to the point where like I just I don't know it's almost it's almost kind of just like intuitive it's like oh this is your problem here I can think of a journal prompt for you it's just become I don't know yeah definitely so you spoke about being coach where did you reach out to like how did did you approach somebody so I'm I'm thinking of the perspective of somebody who is wanting to find new resources for themselves how did you find that or did they approach you did they just come across your path yeah, so I did a bunch of different things. I hired, um, so I watched, I watched a lot of, I know you talked about him, Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins stuff for a while. Read the book, listened to the podcast, watched all the webinars. And after a while, I decided to invest in a coach with Tony Robbins program. It was a great experience. Um, there were things that I liked, things that I, didn't, things that I didn't like. And as I was getting coached, I was also like, okay, what do I want to do that they did as a coach? What do I not want to do as a coach that they did? And then- Oh, I love that. Also like, um have you you know Brooke Castillo with the life coach school yes okay I haven't listened to her stuff but I have heard of her oh Bethany you would love her podcast I'm literally write that down (laughs) watching and listening after that after this plans for the rest of the night yes ma'am thank you for real binging thank you yeah her stuff is so good and each podcast title is a very clear topic too so you can just kind of scroll down with what you want but anyways she has a coaching certification program in school that my aunt did and as my aunt was getting certified, she practiced coaching with me a lot. I hired her a couple of times. It was honestly just resources here and there. There were so many points when I almost completely invested in getting certified in a different program. And I would get so close and I would save up the money. And then I just had this gut feeling like, this isn't what you're supposed to do. And so I'd be like, okay, 
And then I'd get introduced to another coaching program and I'd be all over it. And then same thing, like right before this isn't what you're supposed to do. And after doing that so many times, I remember being like, can I not like, can I not commit to anything? What's wrong with me? But then I took a step back and I realized I had just learned six very different styles of coaching. Like I can put that together now and help my clients in such a more universal way and a more adaptable way rather than thinking this one method is the entire way to life and everyone needs to think about this. Like that's what I see a lot of people do is they have a method, they write a book about the method, they coach with the method, and then they teach other people to use that one method. But like everyone learns differently and it was really beneficial to gain so many different perspectives of knowledge and recognize what's consistent, what's not, and just utilize that. I love that you were able to take a step back and see the big picture of that because it can get frustrating when your intuition is consistently guiding your direction that you, you're like, um, excuse me, like I have taken all the steps to get here. I may as well just cross the finish line. But I think that's incredible because now you are able to take all those perspectives and you've got an, an Emily method now. And that is so incredibly powerful. And there is going to be so many people out there who need your specific method and your specific view on things. So I think that's a very powerful testament to listening to your intuition, even if it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. I love that. No, definitely. I'm excited too to like use it in teaching my kids. Like me and Johnny have already talked about what are coaching principles that these adults in their 40s are just now realizing and that are making their life a million times easier? And like, how do we teach this to Grace in bedtime stories? So she just grows up with it as like subconscious. Like this is just how I'm programmed to think. I'm just programmed to view the world in a more positive way. I'm programmed to see the beauty in everything, everything rather than just struggling and struggling until it's introduced later on. Because it's harder to adapt as an adult. We're still able to, but like I don't know. That's just the dream for our future kids. Like, I want to take this and I want this to be the normal for my family. That is a beautiful concept. I absolutely cannot wait to see the kind of girl that Grace grows into because she is going to have just so much love and light surrounding her. And you can tell you are so positive. That muscle, that positive optimist muscle, it really does show in everything that you do because your kindness and your optimism is genuine. It comes from a place where with a strong foundation. And what I love is that you seem to speak very kindly to yourself. And anybody listening to this, I hope that they're able to take an example from that. Like the kinder you speak to yourself, because when those programs didn't work out for you, it seemed like you didn't beat yourself up over it. You didn't speak mean. And like maybe you did and maybe there was more behind the scenes. But being able to be resilient is so it means so much when you're able to be resilient because you're speaking kind to yourself. So I, you're such a good example of that because you're like, you know what? It didn't work and that's okay. And I trust myself and I'm going to move in the direction I need to. And that's so much more powerful than being like digging yourself into the ground just because you think that you should quote unquote, quote, be like more disciplined or follow through with something because there's something so much better on the other side of that. I don't know if that made sense. That makes but... perfect sense. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I was going to say, it goes back to like what I said earlier about shifting from like win, lose or succeed, fail mentality and more to like, dang, I just learned so much. The, like the yes. results don't matter, but like this knowledge is so valuable. And something that me and Johnny talk about a lot too, it's just kind of like a mantra for our family is it sounds so corny, but the more you study it, the more you dig it, the more you realize how deep it is, is just the fact that everything happens for our benefit. Like everything is working out for us. And we've gotten to the point where like, something super crappy will happen and it feels like everything's wrong in the life and everything's unfair but we've gotten in the habit of being like okay but why would this happen like what good could come from this 
and we recognize it and we're able to bounce back so much faster and we're so much better on the other end of it. And I think like that's something we're actively training ourselves to think whenever in response to difficult things happening. And it's made life so much, so much better, more magical. And like we've been able to grow faster and it's it's been great. That no, I absolutely love that because something you just said, like makes life so much more magical. I think that is seriously like the key is life truly is so magical for us. Like this entire experience is so magical and that bump in the road that no matter how horrible that thing is, it really is part of your fairy tale. Like as crazy as that sounds, because there's so many horrible things that happen to people, but it it is part of their fairy tale, part of their story. And I love that you're able to just like romanticize that, live in that magic and just ask yourself, why could this be happening? What good is coming to me in the universe? I think that's so poignant. I love that. What are some things that you feel like you romanticize? This is, I know I'm not interviewing you, but I am for a second, okay? Some things <laughs> okay. that you have like maybe in the past would have taken for granted or that you maybe would have bothered you that you found ways to like embrace and romanticize and make the most out of now in this new stage of your life. Like Bethany 2.0, living in Hawaii, glowing. I appreciate you. I think the biggest thing is something that I mentioned earlier is there would be things that I felt insecure about or that I didn't feel solid in and that I would take offense at from an online perspective. If somebody were to critique an outfit of mine, if someone were to critique my makeup or my skincare or be like, babe, you're doing this all wrong. Do it this way. I would have taken, I would have immediately like bristled. I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm doing this just fine. The way that I'm doing it is like, I would just immediately defend myself and I think that created a little bit of resentment with me. Like I would look through my comments like almost ready to be offended, like with my guard up because those comments would come in frequently and I would delete a lot of them if they were outright mean. If they were like, fine, I would leave them. But if they were outright mean, I'd be like, I'd just delete them because I, I would just like almost come in ready, expecting to be hurt. And I would respond sarcastically to them or just be like send a screenshot to my friend and be like oh my gosh like can you believe somebody said this and I was giving them so much energy and I would just get so offended by it and I wouldn't you know outwardly show it but it would be like an inward thing or I would like send it to someone or just like really feed into that and since being in Hawaii I have been doing so much more mindset work and affirmation work around it because it got to the point where I was starting to get burnt out with social media because I was like Every time I go on, I just am like disappointed by the views. I'm disappointed by like a commenter. I'm I'm hurt by something. And I feel like it's a, a toxic relationship where I want to give them my all and I want to show up authentically, but I I feel unsafe to sometimes. And so I was like, is this even worth it? But since I've been here, I've been working on affirmations and working on shifting my focus to I attract happy people. I attract kind people. I attract people who are rooting for my success. Everybody wants to help me. And everybody, like they, people tell me how much my content means to them. And now when I go into my comment section, I see kind people. I see calm people. I see people who are trying to help me. Even if a comment before I would have taken offensively, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're trying to help me. That is so kind, you know? And even if it's something that is offensive, I'm like, wow, that's so nice. They just want to help me. <laughs> so awesome weird choice of words but <laughs> you know and since doing that my dms have been full my comments have been full of people expressing 
their genuine appreciation for my content. And it is incredible how the universe was just waiting for me to be open to that. And I've loved it. That's beautiful. It's kind of like the analogy. I had shared this in some webinars and I, I just thought of it right now. Like the analogy of if there's a bunch of red orbs floating in the sky and there's blue orbs floating in the sky and you're wearing red tinted glasses, you're only going to see the blue orbs, right? Or the blue shapes or whatever versus switching the glasses to blue. All you see is the red. And it just depends on like what you focus on is what you're going to see in abundance of. And that's so important too, especially being on social media. Like everybody has something to say. You've got to figure that out one way or another or else it's like it's not sustainable yes absolutely and especially in your like personal life like i'm thinking of you know relationships that i've had or choices that i've made and i and it's so true like you do see and like the, i think it really is like a a law of the universe that whatever you focus on just like multiplies and when I was really focusing on what people had to say, it was multiplying in so many areas of my life. And now it's it may be behind the scenes, but I don't see that now. I focus on things and I catch myself sometimes. Like if someone says something particularly heinous, I'll like screenshot it and I'm about to send it to somebody. And then I go, what? What do I care? What Like what do I care? And, you know, delete that screenshot. It has no place on my phone. It has no place in my life. Like Yes, that comment is funny because it's so mean. And like who in their right mind would say that? But like it doesn't exist to me. It literally doesn't exist. Yeah. No, that's huge. What a big win for you. I love that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It has been very healing to be able to just like let that go and open up more space in my life for the people who actually care about who I am and are rooting for my success. You know, well, you can only give so much energy and like it's so important how you allocate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like you've had a quote unquote like failure in your life that you've learned the most from? And I know everything failure is very like, like it's a term you can interpret yourself, but something that you're like, wow, that didn't go the way I planned. But like, is there something that you feel like you've learned the most from in that sense? That's a, that's a good question. I should have had you send me these before so I could like. I know. I was thinking about that as I was getting on. I was like, these are some, these are some hard hitting questions. They are. I I'm, I swear I'm not making stuff up when I say like every failure that I look back on still feels like such a win because of what I learned and because of where it brought me. Like, can we just like pinpoint that for a second? Can we just like that phrase right there is the reason for your success. I'm going to be so anybody listening to that, any failure you've had is a success because of what you've learned. And the positivity you're able to see in that is it speaks volumes about you. Anyways, continue. Thank you. No, I mean, sorry, I didn't even get another, like, the, that's all I really have to say. I can think of, like, failure in my mind, my definition of it would be giving up on something. The only times I've come close to giving up on something has actually just been a pivot because I realize life's taking me in another direction and I get excited about that. Like, life wouldn't be taking me this direction unless it's going to benefit me or it's going to be better than whatever else is in the past. And so I want to go with it and I want to embrace that and just trust into it and lean into it. Yes. Have you read, I'm sure you read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? No. <gasps> oh, do I need to read I'm it? Sending, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because you, there's, I'll like give you like a brief synopsis. There's four characters. There's hem, ha, and then two little people. Wait, I could be so wrong about that. No, there's sniff, scurry, and then hem, and then ha. So hem and ha are like these they're basically just tiny people and they have the thought pro th patterns of people. And then there's two mice and they're all in a maze looking for cheese. 
And basically the mice are like, oh, that cheese is gone. Let's go find some more. And the little people are like, the cheese is gone. Put it back. Like, what do you mean it's gone? I want it back. And you are the epitome of the mice who are like, oh, it's gone. Just move on. Like, it's it's not there anymore. Great. Let's go find some more. Like, sitting here hemming and hawing and being so mad about it, not being there isn't going to bring it back. And the book is basically just an insight into who you might be as a person and your ability to let go of your expectations for a situation and not attach your ego to a something that you define as success and just move on. So I love that you've been able to find that. Yeah, thank you. I've never been so flattered to be compared to a mouse. It's actually never happened before. <laughs> You're my favorite little mouse. She's like, that's a new one. Continue, please. So what do you feel like is an end? Do you have an end goal? What does success look like to you in your mind? Do you feel like there is a definition? So I used to get very like, and I still think it's a great thing to do to get very specific on like visualizing what the end goal looks like. As of lately, there have been so many pivots that have, again, like take us and taken us in such a better place than I would have ever been able to imagine. And so, like for New Year's resolutions, instead of a crystal clear picture of like a circumstance that I'm working on, my goal, my end goal, is to be like the most adaptable person and to be able to see opportunities so clearly. Like that's what I'm visualizing for myself is a version of me that's able to take change and just run with it and make the most of it and I feel like working on myself to become that kind of person like I don't know what the end circumstance looks like and I'm not able to picture it now but I know it'll be a million times better than what I can picture so that's how I'm gonna go about it if that makes sense I that's absolutely incredible because that allows you to have happiness through every single stage of the journey because when you pivot you have a moment of going, good job. Like you pivoted, you're doing it. You're where you want to be. And then when that grows, you can have a moment of good job. You're doing it. You're where you want to be. And that I think brings the umbrella of success over the entire process of it. And I think that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Because there have definitely been times of my in my life where I have fixated on an end goal so much to the point where when it's reached, something still feels a little bit off and empty. Mm-hmm. And I feel like doing this kind of thing allows room for that to not happen again. Like, I feel like I'll be able to learn the lessons that I need to learn in life a lot faster and become the person that I need to become faster. And I just don't want to have such like a white knuckle grip on a vision that would end up slowing me down. Even though to my current self, I'm like, no, life couldn't be better than that visualization than that circumstance. Like, no, it could. You just don't understand it now. And like, you can find peace in that, you know? Absolutely. And I had an experience with that as well um i pictured myself at the end of 2023 in a city in a high-rise apartment living with a partner like i wrote out this whole visualization i wrote pages of where i would be i wrote this manifestation about how i'd be like inside like you know watching the sunset from like this gorgeous lots of windows apartment and i ended 2023 like asleep by 11 p.m <laughs> in hawaii in like this random tiny little house in like on an island, which was absolutely the opposite of what I had envisioned. And yet I'm so unbelievably happy. Like it just, I don't know. I really, it blows my mind every single day. I wake up, I'm like, wait, 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 where am I? Like touch the ground. Like it's amazing. But I totally agree. Like you don't know what's going to fulfill you now. And I love, do you have any advice for people who are 
young who have the same kind of drive that you do and don't really know where to go and are afraid to take an untraditional route because you didn't mention this earlier, but it's important for everybody to know. You graduated high school at 16, right? I actually never graduated. I dropped out the first week of my sophomore year. Amazing. And then I just applied to the college that I went to, the business college, as a homeschool student. And my mom let me kind of like BS my report card. And I was like, these are my grades. This is, and I took the SAT. A win like, for your mom. Application test and everything. Yeah, I know. She's she's a baller. Anyways. And then, yeah, I went to college and then dropped out. But you can finish your question. But yeah, That's she the, went to college at like 16. It's no big deal. So she, <laughs> you've taken a very untraditional route. And I want to know if you have any advice for people who are young and afraid to take the untraditional route, but know that there's something more for them to unlock. Okay. I'm so glad you're asking this question because I've had this thought for years and I haven't been able to put words to it until I saw someone articulate it so well. And I'm going to pull Love it out that. right now. The quote was, don't take any advice seriously unless it's from someone who's doing the exact thing, exact thing that you want to be doing. It's, I think it's really important to keep that in mind and just like hold that in your heart because when you are young, there's going to be so many adults giving you so many opinions because as we do grow up and experience adulthood we have a bias where we're like our life is going great for us we did everything right and we need to project that on everyone but it could not be more untrue because everyone's route is so different and so I mean you could still be respectful and you don't have to smack these people in the face but like the amount of times I just like smiled and nodded and disregarded everything people said it got me places it's and so like if you're young and you're wanting to do this kind of thing keep listening to Bethany's podcast you bought to her videos. She's killing it. And you really are such a good example of like just doing the thing and making it happen. I appreciate that a lot because I think it is so important as well. Like adults, they want to protect you. They see the harm. They all they see is what could go wrong. And they they just want you to succeed and they want to protect you and they want you to take a route that's going to work. And it's terrifying for them to see you drop out of college. And I did that same thing. Like I dropped out of college and I had that that belief of like, or, you know, just like that nagging thought of like, what if I'm not like, you know, you hear like a certain percent of millionaires are college dropouts. And it's like, what if I'm not part of that percent? Like, I see this future for myself where I am, you know, wildly successful millionaire. Like, I, I saw that for myself at such a young age. And I was like, what if I drop out and I'm not one of those that's like, you know, like that percent that it's going to work out for? What if I'm one of that percent that drops out and fails and has to go back to school when they're and not to say it's a failure going back to school at 40 but like what if I what if it doesn't work out for me but at the same time that belief I recognized was from all the people who were scared who were trying to protect me who were looking at the worst case scenario because in my mind I knew I was like no matter my circumstance I'm going to fly I'm going to make it work and I think that anybody listening to this that recognizes that thought pattern should take courage from this to realize that it doesn't, this statistic has no impact. The statistic literally means nothing. And you are going to make it work if you are going to make it work, point blank, period. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so important. And like, like you said, it's out of love. Like whenever people give advice, most of the time, it's because they care about you. And they just have a warped view. Like we all have warped biased views of what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. And like, just understanding that I think removes a lot of that resentment and energy that would be taken out into like, how dare you say that about me? How dare you doubt me? But like, you can, you can not give an energy and you could recognize like, they're saying it because they love me, but they also don't know everything and that's okay. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not that they, again, are doubting your abilities. It's just they know what they think has worked and they want to save you from that suffering that could come with having the uncertainty of not having a degree and not going into a traditional job because that is, you know, like the quote unquote starving artist is such a cliche, but it's because people have seen that over and over again, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be us. That's not going to be us. Yeah. And something that's so important too, if you're wanting to go the non-traditional route and do this kind of thing, is to surround yourself with people who help you subconsciously realize and think that it's normal to do your own thing and succeed in it. Because I think like, I'm going to go off on like a little tangent. I just think they find this valuable. We have like limiting beliefs that prevent us from growing and from breaking through them and like upper limits. But something I've talked about before is we also have lower limits and it's kind of like the bare minimum we expect for ourselves, And it's the point that we'll never drop past. So like for one person, their lower limit like mine, I will never allow myself to work nine to five. Like I would rather sell cookies on Facebook Marketplace before my business works out for me than go back to a job or go to a job. And for other people, they're like, oh, going back to your corporate job, like that's nothing. What would be terrible for me is like, being homeless but then you take a homeless person and they're like oh no I'm living it up under the bridge but what would be terrible for me is if I had to like go to prison and we all have different lower limits and if you're able to raise that lower standard by helping you know convince yourself that your dreams are normal and totally achievable and everyone's doing it it makes it a lot easier to achieve it too like just working on both sides of the limits I don't know it's just a big tool that I feel like helped me and that your listeners might be able to apply I love that like kind of raising your baseline even of just like what a normal day looks like for you. I think, you know, raising all three of those lines, like your day-to-day average line, your upper limit and your lower limit. But a huge thing that I have learned is, yes, surrounding yourself with people. And if you don't have people, surround yourself with a podcast. Dean Graziosi was that for me. I would just put my headphones in. I would clean my room. Like this was when I was living in Utah and wanted to move to Texas, wanted to drop out of college and I would just put my headphones in I would just do my thing and he would just tell me over and over again whatever you set your mind to is possible if you want to freaking drop out of college and become a millionaire whatever you want to do it's going to happen for you and he ended up being literally my best friend that just told me every single day how possible it was and hearing that over and over and over again gave me the courage so if anybody's listening to this he's a great resource if there's any other podcast I'm a great resource. I'll yell at you until you're, you turn blue that if you want to take the leap and do it, you are unbelievably capable. But if you don't have a good circle to go to, podcasts or online resources can be literally your best friend. I love how you've turned your podcast into an outlet of just rooting people on. Like, I know your community values that so much. I think it's incredible what you've done with it. And it's so good to have a space to just cheer people on and be that voice of like, no, it's normal. It's capable. Like, Literally nothing is special about all of us that are doing it. We are the most average people that just made it happen. You can do it too. Like we're not. We BS it. Exactly. We literally yeah. just BS it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you were saying, you were like, oh, she went to college at 16. I was thinking, I knew I was going to drop out of college from the start. So I just had my first semesters be all like my arts classes. I didn't do any of my generals because I knew I was going to fail all of them because I didn't know anything. And then I dropped out before I had to fill any of my classes. Not like it would have mattered, but like, yeah, that's what BSing it is. <laughs> that's probably, again, one of the biggest factors for success is like your ability to just be, just bullshit your way through. Just like, yeah, no, I can do that for sure. Uh-huh. This is going to happen for sure. 
And that's what I do love about this podcast is that is how I have lived my entire life. I'm just kind of like always on the edge of like, sure, we'll go this way. Oh, we're gonna go this direction now. Okay, let's go this way. And I love to encourage people to do that as well because you do not have to know what's going on at any given like any given point ever. No one knows what's going on. So the more you can accept the fact that you have no idea what's going on, the better your life is gonna be. I know the more I became an adult and like mingled with society, the more I realized none of us know what we're doing, but none of us are talking about it. And so you feel this pressure to be an expert and everything, but like literally no one is. Literally everyone, anybody who's an expert on anything is just an expert on pivoting. Truly. Exactly. Being adaptable, making it work, making the most of it. Absolutely. Well, we have been talking for a good hour, which is amazing. I love We could talk for two more hours, I feel like. Is there anything else, any sort of encouragement that you would leave? Because I really, I do, you know, we kind of spoke about this, the focus being on how we are both young and have high hopes for ourselves. And we want to encourage other people to not let their age be a factor in their success, be a factor in the dreams that they chase. Do you have any other encouragement for anybody who feels like their age is holding them back? Yeah, I would say age and anything circumstantial, the longer you point to your circumstances for being the reason why you're not able to do a certain thing, the longer you're just putting off being able to do that certain thing. Like everyone that's doing the thing that you dreamed of, they all have the same thing in common, which is they didn't let their circumstances be the reason or not the reason why they could do it. You know, like our our results aren't based on our circumstances. They're based on how we think about things and how we view the world. So nothing is impossible. So nothing is impossible. You can do it. Just two <laughs> girls cheering you on. Nothing. No. no. I, I love that. I think everybody has a debilitating circumstance they can point to everybody has something that they had to get the heck over you know they had to let go of and let themselves step into where they really truly feel called to be Mm -hmm. that was my thing listening to so many entrepreneurial podcasts and books i was like all these guys are like multi-millionaires and for some reason they were all homeless with drug addict parents at some point which like i've never had that situation but like if they can do it that i can do it like circumstances mean nothing Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's so empowering. It really is. Well, thank you for hopping on today and sharing all of your insights, sharing your incredible energy. I just I feel lit up from our conversation. And I know anybody listening is going to feel the same positive, encouraging energy. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Yeah, thank you for letting me hop on here. This was so much fun. Of course, I loved it. And I feel like there needs to be a second episode or if you're if you ever start a podcast yourself, which I feel like wouldn't be too far off on the horizon. I know you've had one with somebody else, but I feel like just an Emily Fuller podcast we ever do, I'd love to come hop on and chit chat with you some more on there. Yeah, I would love that. We'll see what happens. Sounds like a plan. I know you'll pivot. Who knows? I'm excited to watch you grow and re-pivot to next. So (laughs) this has been, of course, thank you so much. This has been BS with Bethany Simcoe and Emily Fuller. I will see you when I see you. 